0: button and then let you know All right. and we are live Chad De group what's up dude what's going on thanks for having me yeah how you doing how's your day been it's been great um,
1: yeah just a uh, pretty pre-planned day um, a lot of work at the shop I, I think I'm on number 17 wheel build like BMX wheel build in the last eight days Whoa. so it's it, pretty wild but i'm pretty stoked that everything turns out correctly and is awesome and then you know getting good name for wheel building and stuff but um yeah it's just focus in the morning and then get to the shop and it's just been constant like i only did three wheel builds today so it's like but um yeah busy everything's awesome and uh i'm chilling here with you thanks for having me
0: yeah man absolutely i'm stoked that uh Stoked that we got this together so quickly and making it happen. What uh, I'm curious, you're talking about being in the shop building seventeen wheel sets. I've been seeing all your posts of them. Like, what yeah. does your average day look like? But you mean like wake up? Yeah, just you know, yeah. going to the shop, whatever.
1: Yeah, um, I could speed up the morning. Usually 5:40 in the morning, get up, kids breakfast, um, get them off to school, and I do. Uh, five days a week, some kind of exercise. So like today was awesome because I mixed it up a little. Like usually I do like core stretching or um, certain yoga style exercises. And then three days a week I do hot tub exercise, but to ride, uh, it's about 14 and a half miles on my, it's a road bike, but I have um, gravel tires on it and it's just so Awesome in the morning because it's florida and I don't know who's gonna cringe on this But it's like 50 degrees out and I had to wear a beanie and long sleeves and I had to put my hands under my shirt at certain times
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so that bike ride Gets me unreal stoked to start the day cuz I listen to podcasts and um, Just interesting stuff and I come back and usually I'm messaging my wife on the way you gotta listen to this and then Get home eat and prepare to go to the shop. I get there about sometimes an hour early, which is 10 o'clock, open at 11 to four. And then, um, like today, I mean, got out of there a little after four to come home and clean the house and walk the dog and chill out and actually get home. And I, I do, I don't meditate, but I lay in bed and I can clear my mind Hmm. and anywhere from five to 20 minutes, I set a timer and then, um, it's kind of have to say prepare for this little interview a little bit so yeah, trying to do a little bit of homework and stuff so
0: that's cool man it's funny yeah. that, uh joe sisman came in here and while <laughs> you were talking about your morning your routine he's like can you tell us again what your morning meditation routine is
1: <laughs> it mor- morning meditation isn't really meditation so to say i mean it's morning meditation i mean it, it, it it's the exercise So I got to do something physical. Um, And I I usually, like even this morning, involved like raking the yard, a couple cans of uh, leaves. Um, We have a huge backyard. It's at like a V. The front yard's small and the backyard's big. But um, certain times of the year, the big leaves fall, they're done. Now the small leaves fall. So it's like cleaning the pool. But any second I'm outside with our dog, it's like he's excited and he's like, just loving it and um, I feel bad you know I'm gone certain amount of time during the day so when I'm in the morning I'm outside with him doing my thing and even when I'm doing like hot tub exercise it's like he's outside busy but if we let him out he sits at the door so he's like he's like needy like you gotta get out there but so not necessarily like I guess it is a meditation though you know it's like go to a kind of different world I put down the phone yeah, that you can anyone can do that I'd i don't like to know see if more can do that yeah <laughs> good luck good yeah. luck trying right yeah
0: so in all of that uh what's bmx look like for you right now riding wise uh better than ever
1: you know um i think i've been a little bit slacking on some flatland side of it uh there's a certain few spots that almost got taken away so it's like um home base is uh not necessarily there, like the good old ritual or routine place, but uh, I've got other spots, but I feel like I need to have it planned and uh, really be focused when I go ride flat. So I've been more into right now going to Candyland Skate Park because it's a mile from my park, from my shop and um, just doing that. But I got a f- pretty big riding situation of like, profiles coming out with a 55 year video and I filmed for it and I was stoked I'm healthy I'm happy with the clips uh, stoked on everything so it's like kind of feel like I need that push and it's uh, it's happening right now so I still have like a week Matt might argue that to get the clips in but you know it's it's fun to have deadlines and stuff and um, be pushed so riding wise like feel healthy and happy and awesome and yeah bring it on more (laughs)
0: yeah oh i saw you take a drink oh nice gotta stay hydrated
1: (sighs) yeah for every drink you take out of that i'm gonna take one out of my cup okay
0: i really hope that you have one on the other side too so that you can take drinks from both sides because you gotta stay extra hydrated you have one on east hang on
1: (laughs) But do you have one on the other side?
0: No, but I could pretend so that you can. Yeah. And then you have one under the desk, too. Yeah. And you, you get
1: Yeah. Do you, do you? I can go get another cup and put it there. <laughs> no, I don't want to interrupt this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. So let's take it back. Yep. I'm curious to hear your very first memories of BMX. It's
1: pretty vivid. I mean, my older brother, Todd, he's two years older than me. Um, he came home with a crew of guys like Chris Rye and Jeff Hicks, and uh, just sh- like came home and these these guys are wearing like leathers and stuff. And by leathers, I mean like, if you know, you know, mm-hmm. like, matching stuff. And I was like, I-, I had no idea. I mean, it's like hair bands were big. Like, you did your hair, you did your stuff, like you you stood out and. It- BMX, like these two guys came over, and I remember them riding in our garage and, you know, just cruising around and doing their thing. And I was like, I was like, Todd, what's what goes on? And he's like, Yeah, just, you know, go to school with these guys, and they seem cool. And came over, and I was like, Yeah, I saw them riding in leathers, and then I was like, I had to get leathers, you know, but it was like Chris Rye and Jeff Hicks. Yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: That's so sick. So were they doing flatland?
1: It was all flatland. I mean, everybody did everything, but it's, uh, you're probably gonna get it in the next question, like my first bike and all that. But my brother and I are like one in one year and 364 days apart. So for any kind of holidays or Christmas or whatever, we got, uh, kind of the same gift.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was mm-hmm. like,
1: we got bikes for our, you know, for Christmas and they weren't even cool, you know, when Jeff and Chris came over it was like, We gotta step up our game type thing. So, um yeah, and they I remember Chris doing like a decade in my garage, kind of showing us in the grass, you know, how to jump over the head tube and everything and it was it was it was pretty wild. And this to this day I think like the decade trick is one of the crazier tricks, um, in flatland and on a bike and the variations and stuff, and it's like that kind of stood out and For good reason too so
0: yeah so how old would you have been at that point and how old would
1: they um i was 12 and they were 14 it was two years difference wow
0: that's so cool yep that's so crazy to think about just knowing the legacy that would come after that it yeah and it's
1: it's i mean chris was into it for a while like i don't know how many years but I mean, pogo tricks were huge. I had, we all had to start with that, but, you know, the confines of the winters and all the stuff like that and the garages that are freezing and where you're riding flat and, you know, and the actual eight foot quarter pipe, you know, it was shortly after like that summer, our friend, um, built a, an eight foot quarter pipe. And it was like, I remember painted white and green to match his Haro and had a Haro logo on it. And, they, they started the first freestyle team called We be Rad. And it was like, I wanted to be a part of We be Rad, you know, it was like, but you didn't like you rode curbs and did curb endos and you did stuff. Um, But you rode an eight foot quarter. It was, it was flatland and an eight foot quarter wow. and, and some wedges and stuff. So yeah,
0: <laughs> kind, kind of wild time. <laughs> no doubt. You know, that's a pretty big difference there. Yes huge but you but you wrote it all
1: you know you you did it
0: right right and and it's so cool to see that can you hear me still yeah you're good
1: i can yeah
0: Yeah. uh it's it's cool that that's how things used to be and i feel like there's a little bit of that still but definitely nowhere near what you hear people talk about from back then like which part the pogos or the writing everything
1: Yes, but I feel like if you don't, you should try. And, uh, I mean, don't beat yourself up over it. Like, I tried to ride vert for a long time, too. Like, we had an indoor park here. I I mean, back in the day, like Rampage Skate Park in Iowa, they had what was a vert, but I think it was an 8-foot-tall vert, which is, you know, very small these days. But we even rode that and dropped in and did stuff, but... Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it was like a. It, it was just riding bikes and what's in front of you. Yeah.
0: You just did it. So, you mentioned your first bike. What was it? It was a Huffy. My brother and I
1: both got matching Huffies. It was probably a buy one get one for, you know, my parents or whatever. But um, we had had we had matching matching huffies and it was it was crazy because we we had them and then we met you know, Chris, and we're just like, we go riding around town, and I remember vividly one night, I started ghost riding my bike off this kind of, like, little gap. I didn't jump the gap, but I ghost rode it, and my bike broke. Oh. My I, I came home, my, my dad looks at me, and he goes, so, and you left with one bike, you came back with two, you know, like, because it broke. He's like, we got to get you a better one, so we went to the store, and i was looking at skyways because they're freestyle and then i got talked into at the nordic bike and ski in green bay that um like mongoose was the best so i got i bought a race bike and i was like but like shortly after they started carrying pegs and whatnot so i didn't ask what to get i just kind of went in there and got guided through like a shop and i'm not bummed because i had to build up and almost even harder to do it because the first pair of pegs i bought were thread on and i stripped them out so i saved up for like a week got the pegs wrecked them had to go back you know after a week of saving up more to get to get more pegs yeah so it was like, yeah but like slowly understood chris schooled me you know on the gts and the dinos and the haros and it was like it was kind of like go ahead kid make some mistakes you're younger mm-hmm. me and um yeah let, let, let's let's level it off a little bit later and it came quick quicker than ever so yeah
0: so how i mean i guess how long after meeting chris and those guys did you end up getting that gt or did you say gt is g i had gts i had haros i had actually had
1: um redline uh rl osborne um we've found out about ozone. So we started getting good and ozone was a huge one and I mean it happened right away. You know, the the Suzy sealed hubs, we went from unsealed to sealed and it was like bottom brackets took a long time, but the wheel sets themselves, like the seal bearings were like that that um elite kind of yeah, like, oh you got sealed wheels. They just keep spinning and don't hop and get crunchy and stuff. But um I was kind of lucky as a kid being 12 years old. My parents had a restaurant called Skip's Place. My dad's nicknamed Skip and it was two blocks from Lambeau Field in Green Bay. So I, I worked there, you know, on the weekends. So I was able to buy nicer stuff. Mm. So it was mm. like, well, you can buy this, strip out this or do this. And then, you know, Chris and everybody's like, well, you know, you're making a few bucks. Get, get the good stuff so i feel pretty happy
0: about that you yeah know? that's definitely probably i wouldn't say definitely but i would guess that that helped you riding i think hugely yeah immensely yep that's that's good and, and so yeah. how long was it before that moment in the garage with chris ryan seeing all of that to where you're riding flatland and hitting an eight foot quarter
1: um it's probably the next year nice. you know yeah. I think, I think it was within, you know, cause it, it just evolved like, like there's in that day there's riders and you see a BMX bike and you instantly have a brotherhood or a friendship just seeing that person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was like, mm-hmm. you had a common ground to talk, like what's going on. What's your, Oh, hang on.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean
1: to interrupt you there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, pretty wild you know it, it, it happened really quick it, it was kind of like to ask me exact it's 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 a blur but it, it was very like fast forward yeah yep.
0: and did you progress pretty quick or yeah. how'd that go when you got
1: riders that are way better than you like down to hang out and ride it was it was just yeah like i said fast forward like turbo you right. know it just, just kind of happened but it's also the confidence but also seeing someone in front of you Doing something that you don't know is possible, so then you know it's possible, and it just evolves. It was it was very quick. Yeah, that's that's.
0: I feel like that's how people who progress really fast. It happens most of the time is that they have that generation of people who's older than them and been riding for longer. That's just already good, and then yeah, you just naturally you're trying things that they're trying with them, and then you progress. Yeah,
1: I mean it's it's su- super true. Even these days, like some of these kids, look at these older, older riders, and they're kind of like questioning them. But I'd say, wait a second, watch them ride first before you question like what someone looks like and gray hair and mustache or whatever. It's like you might be surprised. Oh, sp- some older riders that are like definitely probably school a lot of people. So
0: oh yeah, especially at the current day and age of BMX we're in where. The older dudes are just there's more of them than ever and they a Mm -hmm. lot of them are killing it
1: yeah yeah so i mean watch out before you talk but i mean also i'm not saying respect and you know bow down but you know there's this was here before a lot of people that started recently you know so um sometimes do do uh, do your homework
0: right uh sorry i have a random viewer asking a question in here terry okay. adams says chad have you ever rode naked
1: um the furthest i got was down to my boxers but um and that was based off of like chase Quinn, like he would he i think he's one of the first ones um i know terry rides naked too by the way just a fun fact you know um just to push yourself i i get it and it sounds unusual, but, um, I think boxers was because I know I where to ride privately. Like somebody like Terry can be in his garage, you know, nude. And, uh, if I'm on tennis court or a parking lot, at target, I mean, you're talking like handcuffs. So, um, as soon as I find a warehouse, probably, but for the most part, um, and I, I think that was pretty early on, but it, it was like boxers. But I mean, those, those are the boxers, not the, boxer briefs so it might it might take a breather popping out a little here and there so i I guess that's like a yes and no but
0: (laughs) closer to yes (laughs) so there's like real utility to this this is something people actually do
1: well in in flatland for a, a long time it's like the the baggy clothes was a phase so it would hook on handlebars it would hook on stuff and um shoelaces to um anything it's 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 wild that if you don't keep track of your wardrobe or who you are like my hair if this went in my face it would hurt riding like I could get hurt so um, but then I got so stressed out of like tearing my shorts or my pants or this getting in the way or that getting in my way and uh, one day it was my shoes like I was pissed at my shoes threw them off and did a whole session
0: just barefoot so and you don't know till you try so yeah Yes. Wow. I had no idea. I guess I could see it being a way to put more pressure on yourself to not fall. It's all the above, everything. Hmm.
1: Yeah, great great question, Terry. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. So I'm curious, too. Um, when did you first get hooked up and connected with a sponsor in BMX? Um, informally would be kind of like Nordic Bike and Ski.
1: I think they gave us like five percent off or something like that then it turned into like team two racing which was like a motocross shop that started getting bikes in and we started building and kind of working for there a guy named Casey Um, and then like legit first sponsor I feel was um, this guy who said he won the lottery in Illinois his name's Elliot Edwards Um, but he actually worked at like a like mortuary and stuff like that so it was it was weird because he like won the lottery and he was like going to contests and you know you, you could go in a limo or you could do this and buy new bike parts and stuff like that and it's just at one point it was like why what like what are you getting out of this because the sponsor's kind of like you know you know a sponsor is yeah right. we all do yeah. so to be like a person as a sponsor was odd and it was but it was like he would give like I think he gave Mark Hilson bought a Maharo but Mark paid for like cost on it so it's almost like he had like an account but he was like buying parts and like trying to help out but it was like cool at first but it was a little too good to be true Mm -hmm. and uh, it kind of abruptly ended so yeah not not probably the the sponsor everybody thought (laughs) you know like yeah like you know i'm saying but so i had a person and then i think it kind of led into um you know the odysseys and the peregrine and you know all the stuff like that so um but bike shop you know that's that's how a lot of people should get their start local bike shops and
0: stuff so yeah huh so how when was schwinn involved with the mix
1: I got on Schwinn in it was '96.
0: Was that the first bike sponsor, or was there some before that? No, no,
1: no. I mean, I mean, I was on Standard.
0: Yeah. Standard was kind of like one of the, the realist,
1: you know. um, When Rick and Kurt and Tim Quaddy and all them, you know, just ejected from Haro and started Standard, it was like I was living at Rampage inside the skate park, like the old bowling alley. And um, I would ride flat with Rick, and uh, I'd stay there over the summer. And then they had contests and all kinds of stuff, and like just kind of evolved. Like I was that little kid there, so I was living in Iowa, you know, doing that. And I felt like they saw some kind of shimmer of light in our crew, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, and we rolled pretty deep, and I thought I was a little bit in. So they, um, I think Standard was right there first, yeah.
0: I gotcha. And then you went from standard to what?
1: I went from standard to, well, I kind of went back to standard, but I, um, yeah, it was like standard. It was, um, Schwinn Hoffman bikes, Paro, you know, um, there was, uh, Versa was another one, which nobody's probably ever heard of. Yeah. I've
0: never heard of that
1: versa usa made i have a frame up in my garage it's yeah i'd love to get into that but we don't have to discuss that um and then just kind of going from there and starting deco so it's like boom boom, boom, you know so Mm -hmm. but bounced off of uh standard twice so in in the middle of trying to find myself and where i belong and everything like that so
0: yeah that that was my start gotcha how was the uh how was the experience with Schwinn? Amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean,
1: uh, I I was I was dangling there, and you know, hit up John Paul Rogers. Mm-hmm. and uh, New Jay Miron was was getting on, and you know, like Dave Asado and it. It, it was, You know, it was wild about it. Is there was a trade show in Las Vegas, and we went to go ride there, and we were supposed to impress the executives at schwinn so Jay assembled this crew and it was it was almost a test but we knew we were going to pass the test because i mean the assignments were easy you know mm-hmm. and it's like so um i think it was somebody somebody having to do with pova and somebody else building this ramp this this half pipe um and we we drove it from la to las vegas to do these demos and when we're there i mean we killed it i killed it it was just like bringing this crew in was meant to be and it was instantly like jay started the the schwinn program but i feel like it was just jay and you can do that because jay is a you know yeah he's a monster it's insane and uh to have this crew assembled spark the tour across the us so we just went from there to fast forward a little bit that night I remember being at a strip club with uh, John Paul and getting us lap dances and they whisper in a year. He's like, he, you ready to sign? And I'm like, okay. So he's <laughs> like, yeah, everybody kind of signed the next day. And um, we went on tour across the U S and it was like, I, I slept on a mattress in the back of a dually woke up, did shows, got to a hotel, we did stuff. And it was the greatest thing, you know, having Davis Sato as my bodyguard and Jay Miron is an idol and um, a boss and uh, Pat Miller and the rest of the crew is, it, it was insane. It was kind of surreal, you know, like to, to, to leave and then, you know, have, maybe have a few days off and I end up at home and um, I'm like, Hey dad, check this out. And I got like a bottle opener. He's like, Oh, cool. I'm like, no, it's Schwinn. It's the anniversary, whatever. And, but it opens bottles, but it's also a spoke wrench. And he's like, okay, cool. And then I open a case, and it's Schwinn Phantom Ale. It's They made their own ale for the anniversary, and it was like 22 ounce. And I gave it to my dad, and he kind of just cracked it open. And he's like, yeah, that's my boy. You know, like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah, you're my boy. Like, Schwinn, iconic name like bottle opener brew um traveling making a few bucks making a name and it's like yeah it's a proud moment for sure
0: it's great what did they what did your family think of bmx up to that point as you're coming up you know what a strong one was
1: is i was in high school i was in pole vault high jump and everything like that and it got pushed pretty hard from the coach you know, you're going to get a scholarship. You got to stay with this. And I told my dad, I was like, as soon as I get my first sponsor, I'm quitting. And uh, and I did. You know, that Elliot Edwards. Uh, yeah. heard, you know? And um, he's like, you got to go up to your um, coach's house and knock on the door and tell him you quit. And I was like, why? And he's like, because that's what you got to do. Like, he didn't say, like, that's what real men do. But he's like, mm-hmm. but the coach lived Three doors down from us. So I went up there and he's like, Hey, Chad, what's up? I'm like, Yeah, I just got to tell you, I quit. I'm riding a bike. I got a sponsor. I'm, I'm going places. He's like, You're never going anywhere ever. And he just chewed me out. And um, I remember talking to my dad like a year later and he's like, I'm so proud that you went up to him and said that. But I'm also proud that you actually did what you said that I'm taking a step to do this and denying scholarships for pole vault or whatever. And, um, whole was fun though. It was cool. You know, it was, it was awesome. But, um, my dad had like loved it, you know, he was, but he also, he he didn't like question, but he also was like indirectly questioning because like for school and some other stuff, I got in a lot of trouble and my parents grounded me a lot. And this is, this is a key factor in like me riding flat and riding a bike is They never took away my bike. Hmm they grounded me, but I was allowed to go in the street and I had a beautiful street and a street light and I rode hours and hours and hours and hours. And hours, and I I feel like to perfect your craft, you need to put in the time and I feel I did and it was based off of me, whatever trouble I got in, but they never took my bike away. Mm -hmm. They they, they didn't like, some parents and some people take away what's real meaningful, you know? And it was like, that was the most meaningful ever. And they saw that and they, well, they'd go outside and just hang out and watch, you know? I was like, so I had no
0: idea, but yeah, my, my parents, I owe it to them. So for sure. That's so cool to hear that, that whole coach moment is so funny. I had a moment like that with our <laughs> yeah. football coach in high school. I didn't play football, but my buddy did. And we went yeah. to there where they were doing two a days and he was like, Why don't you play football? And I'm like, Because I ride bikes. I don't need to play mm-hmm. And he's like, Yeah, you might ride bikes, but that feeling you get whenever you on Friday night you go out on the field and the lights and everybody and I'm like, Bro, you've never been fifteen feet in the air on a bike before
1: Yeah, yeah. They I mean they, they don't get it, but yeah, I mean it's it's some some of those team sports, you know, are are awesome. Yeah. But and some are not some of the. it's all in the experience too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm proud of my dad that he let me do all that. So dad, yeah, but he made me
0: do it. He made me earn it. Yeah. And it, it probably, that in, in itself probably influenced your path too. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. He had full support. He, he saw stuff happening. And
1: then next thing you know, like magazine, like we're reading magazines and I'm in one and he's like, Damn, you know, like how many people get in magazines? Which people listening to this might be like, "What's a magazine?" <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, that that was like the goal, and it just started happening.
0: Yeah. So, did you have many sponsors outside of bike sponsors? You're talking like Red Bull or Power so Bar, or... anything outside of a bike. Yeah
1: i mean would that look yeah like red bull and power bar or two big ones or cliff bar yeah those are huge um not not completely related to bike parts or anything like that so trying to think anything else um through schwinn it was like arizona iced tea you know um on haro we had adidas and lee pipes and bob stores and stuff like that so there was um some stuff associated with teams, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's some stuff. I I think there's a couple other ones. I don't, I'm not, not ringing a bell right now, but those are kind of the main ones for sure. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When would Red Bull have been?
1: Um, I had my skate park in 2001. I think I was on them for about seven years and I knew from when I said yes to doing this interview, you might give some dates, so I'm gonna be a little vague on them, but mm-hmm. um, I think I was with them about seven years. So that was that was yeah, that was
0: awesome. We're so, talking mid2000s. Yeah, yep, gotcha. So was this is just me personally being curious. is like Red Bull sponsoring BMX in the mid2000s mm-hmm. better then or better today? I'm not sponsored by them now so i think it's worse but no yeah Um, yeah yeah they
1: don't have um I, i i don't know uh like i've been to red bull events now and they're amazing i think they still keep their 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 theme of doing it proper and original and whatnot what they do um the better or worse is your question uh they're, they're around. They're awesome. I feel like they're doing a lot, and they're still pushing. Yeah. Sometimes it might be a little lull in between, but um, as far as BMX, uh, I mean, I just came back recently from Circle of Balance in New Orleans, and that's, like, wild. You know, it's like the anniversary, and it's like there's only been, like, five of them, and mm-hmm. it was in the U.S. on U.S. soil put on by Red Bull, and I know they had a lot to live up to, Um they had the best riders in the world and it's like they stepped up and I was blown away from every detail from the travel to the announcers like Chris Doyle and Daryl Na. Awesome. You know, they, the photographers, uh, Jeff sees there. I mean, there's, um, everything about it. Like they do the details and make it look awesome and fun. So that's, yeah, I think it's a great company to be around or attend or anything to do with. Yeah. It's awesome. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I heard about that event. I didn't know that no I didn't know too much about it, but it sounded yep. and looked like it was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was a great representation of um what BMX and Flatland needs and wants and it was international and it's uh a huge event on US soil, which is even better, you know. Um it's it's awesome that it's happening. So yeah.
0: Heck yeah. Shouts to
1: people. Yeah.
0: So I'd like to take it back again. I feel like there's so much stuff that you did that you have to like have the whole conversation and then go back because I want to talk about the Baco stuff. And of course you do. Yeah. I mean, naturally. Wait, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Got it. So I was going to ask you how long you'd been riding before you met the Baco crew. It sounds like you'd been them with them all along.
1: Uh, pretty much. I mean, Bako kind of started at my house. I kind of feel like it was ninety or eighty six. Um, and it, was, I mean, it was it was catered around like a ramp, like a grind obstacle, and a couple different Baco ramps, which is badass coping obstacle. Mm-hmm. And it's um, yeah. I mean, it kind of formed at my house and around my house, and then kind of took off and just. It was just kind of a word we just kind of used, you know, and making stickers in high school graphics class to um, printing T-shirts and stuff in Chris's basement to, you know, it's just something you can identify by and, you know, um, going places. Like if you went to a local contest, like in, not local, but uh, like Milwaukee,
0: mm-hmm. if
1: you go hour and a half away and you bring some teas, people are interested and you might sell a couple. So it was like... Baco just kind of started, you know, and it's, it's almost a joke, you know, how, how it is, but it's just a word that started and then just kept... You repeat something long enough, it's like, becomes very common, so...
0: Yeah, and were you guys doing it for a while before you started doing videos, or was it right away, or... No, I think it was
1: right away. I think it's 86. It's just... It just started. VHS, high 8 move on from there, you know, it's it's just... Yeah, when those cameras came into play, like, I think Chris had a camera that was corded. I remember the cord went from his VCR, like, hundreds of feet into the high school parking lot. Because his, his house was here, in the, in the um, high school parking lot's here. Like, that was the backyard. Mm-hmm. And a cord out there to film. And then also my parents bought a VHS camcorder that fit on your shoulder. And we would film with that. And then, um, yeah, we just started coming out with stuff and then traveling and meeting, like, Mark Hilson. And he kind of juiced it up a little bit with um, his knowledge of certain stuff because I feel like he was on the same page of everything, of filming and getting into, well, if this does this, there's, there's always something better, so what is that? And then it gets into a cost thing, and then it set into a goal, you know? And if it makes us look better... You're riding better. It's lighter, and you get the hell off of VHS. You know, it's like uh-huh. the evolution was pretty impressive. So yeah.
0: And then Baco jams were that. Was that something you guys did right away, or did... Baco jams? I don't even remember the first.
1: The first one were like in Appleton, Wisconsin. I don't know the year of it. I'd have to hit up Frymouth about that one. Um, those evolved after probably number eight or something mm-hmm. eight or nine and then I think the jam started and then those kind of took off and that was like an easy way of like having a jam filming everybody having all our friends together and using some of it for bako clips like
0: right. it was
1: awesome yeah it was it was it was definitely like and that that was kind of like an awesome period where skate parks were popping up.
0: Yeah,
1: you could do them at different ones or whatnot. But it's always, like we're always striving to do some kind of gathering and get
0: the get the crew together, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, what about those events? Because I went to the last two that were at Jellystone. Yep. And those. Oh, just, you saw it then. Yeah, it. it was just amazing. It. But I'm I'm curious yep. to hear your perspective on what you felt like made those bako jams so good it it was part of it was like a
1: really good park i feel like jellystone
0: amazing was, park
1: what what yeah it's a prefab park but then if you sprinkle in the bowl and you got like john heaton and adam baker did destroying everything you never knew who was going to show up but like you take and if you're offended a just agree with me like you take some dirty bmx and you throw them into these (laughs) plush ass like cottages that don't feel like we should be there Uh at an affordable rate and you can pack all these people in and we're making fires out front and it's just an absolute shit show and we go back the next year maybe we didn't do it hard enough the first year you know but Mm -hmm. i mean to get kicked out properly by like state troopers and everything was a whole nother thing. So I think that was, that was sealed the deal. But, um, it was like you ride hard, you have a an awesome crew to share it with. Uh, you party even harder and you try and repeat. And, um, you know, even if the mother daughter stripper combo, like one ended up with a broken nose cause of the pie fight and whatnot, that was, real crazy um, in Tony Mortensen's room. I don't know if you went to that, but uh, Tony's in the hospital, so we're like, we need a place to do this pie fight and, well, he's in the hospital, so let's just uh, do it in his place, you know? It was, it was just something. It just every, everybody had ideas and whatnot, but it's also nowhere Wisconsin and people are like, people like to go places that haven't been and uh, I guess in the end, people had full trust in us that we knew what we were doing. (laughs) Yeah. Did we? (laughs) I mean, I had an amazing time there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything about it was great.
0: The only thing I didn't understand was how they were able to keep happening until that park got torn down. Like all with all of the insanity, how it was able to happen again. Well, okay. So the fires happened.
1: Um, my friend Bilgo is carrying dynamite on the back of in the back of our car for our whole week-long trip and I was so mad I was like you tell me there's a stick of dynamite near my back this whole trip he's like yeah it's cool huh? and I was like no and he and he put strapped it to a tree knocked down the tree and that was firewood for the night you can't hate that um the next morning people are waking up going down the water slides because they turn the wire slides off but on their bikes <laughs> Then we find underneath all the cabins is, like, uh, crawl spaces that's probably, like, four feet high, so not high enough to to hang out in. But we're all going from cabin to cabin through these, like, almost like catacombs, like, in Paris and partying down there. And it was, like, so it changed ownership from what I heard in between those years. So when we reapproached it, they started up the skate park again. They're, like, hey, we want to have uh, this jam here. And they're, like... That sounds awesome because they didn't know <laughs> anything about the year before so it was almost like like that that reset button yeah and then it was like okay but everybody else is just like you know um they like this i they didn't know <laughs> so if you don't know then you don't know what happens and then it was like chaos because it was so built up it's kind of essentially the like the swamp fest with does it's mm. like each year you go expecting this. Well, you go to that, and then you're like, Oh, we're going back the next year because they're having it. They didn't know it was like a new owner, so it was like, Yeah, it worked out perfect. So it was meant to be. Wow, that is yeah. so funny. Yep,
0: how many of those happened there? The Jellystone, I think there was
1: just two. Oh, I had no yeah. idea. Maybe no, 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 I think there was three. I think there's three. Okay, yep. Yeah, yeah, they're they're awesome. They were yeah. they're great. It
0: was fun. That was a good time. Such a good event. Yep. And then and, after that, there was one at Four Seasons I can remember. But, yep. And then I, I did a few at my skate park at Mesh Skate Park in Longwood. Yeah. So
1: we did I think it was two there, and those are during Halloween because we we tried to nail the Halloween jam, where in Appleton it was awesome because it was like the teeter-totter of the weather and then down here it didn't matter yeah so it was like and then I had my own park so it was like you know everybody stays at the house and whatnot so yeah couple in Appleton couple at Jellystone couple at my park so yeah and then um, the ones in Milwaukee I've actually never attended so I, I feel them. bad about that but it's like um, I was hoping it spread more and do more, but you know, Dave kind of ran that stuff. So, yeah, yeah. but I, ne- I never went to one of those.
0: I gotcha. Yeah. So, so, has there been any kind of talk or anything about any more or any videos Always. or anything? Video wise, I'm not sure.
1: Baco jams. We can do it any It's just it's, it's funny how you can take something that's like it didn't retire. It's not done. Yeah. It's just it's just when so we, we just haven't figured out when so yeah uh the right time the right place it'll happen yeah. it's
0: a good feeling knowing
1: that you know oh yeah for sure
0: yeah. <laughs> so in all of this at what point and i'm not necessarily asking about a year but at what point in yeah. all of this journey did you end up making the move to florida um i
1: moved down here I think it was 90 I think it was 95 96 um, so I, I was going to graduate high school in 92 93 went to Arizona 94 Arizona 95 Arizona and then I decided to come down here with Rrymouth because my tech college I was I was an in India I was really into riding and I went to Arizona for three years so I was like let's try Florida so we came down we had jobs at disney before we even stepped over the border because like aaron benke and rob nolly so we were staying with like pete augustine and um staying right downtown orlando with some friends and we were sleeping on floors till we for sure got the job but we knew we had the disney parade it was like the three o'clock parade every day you had to wear mickey mouse shin pads and helmet ride our bikes over a moving float like a moving box jump and stuff but Dave and I knew we had jobs so we signed a lease down near Disney uh, near Disney Springs what's it called right now Um, and we stayed there like we had a two bedroom apartment there Um, Ken and Harkins living with us yeah we, we had a couple other friends everybody was visiting and stuff but Dave and I would go do the parade like almost every day and then we do characters so at that time we needed that job you know Mm -hmm. and um we did it for a a good while and then then it was like it was that time of like riding for standard and i'm like i don't know i got some standard issues right now and then i was like started doing the schwinn thing like we talked about go to las vegas with miran and asado we do that stuff and then i just go on schwinn tour and dave stayed here so that's how we came to florida it was, it was pretty wild
0: yeah that makes me curious too was like you said you did characters you know like do you mean like putting on the suit
1: uh i mean foul fellow tweed Tweedledee, Tweedledum, dumb um tigger sheriff like yeah put put on the characters so i can
0: the costumes yeah was that the kind of job that like was enough to support you income wise yes nice
1: that's cool but it but but it was i mean it was hourly it, it was enough to pay as long as you have like two other people in the house too yeah you no know? but but i believe and i have to check with dave about this is like that apartment gave you a better rate because you're a disney employee mm-hmm so in the whole complex i believe was all disney employees so it was kind of wild and i don't know if disney owned it or what but yeah we we made enough to do that there and um you know i i don't think i did any other side jobs it was it was definitely disney and uh i think dave dave worked for his parents and stuff like that doing painting so i think when he came down he had a few bucks but you know, a few bucks is not a lot of bucks, you mm-hmm. know, but yeah, I, I don't remember. Like, I mean, it wasn't luxury, but you know, it's like I had a pull out couch. That was my bed in my room. And yeah, I think we got that off the side of the road or
0: something. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. BMX life. Yeah, it was good. It was comfortable. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like you were in Florida for a while before the skate park stuff started. Yeah, so that's 96, I'm on Schwinn,
1: do that whole tour, and I'm like, got a paycheck. There's no there's no bills, and then you get a paycheck, so if you're not like spending money really on food or anything, you're just kind of banking that money. And it's not a lot, you're talking hundreds, few hundreds. And um, it was awesome, but uh, I ended up uh, getting hurt at Woodward, I broke my back, Oops. and then I went back home to my parents, and I was like, I got healed, everything was good. And then I was like, I really did like Florida. It was like the beaches, the people, um, I was riding for UGP, there was, um, and I was trying after that, you know, to get on GT. Cause I'm down here with Nolly, you know, Brumlow to, you know, all these this crew that's the GT crew you know, the banky and every everybody. And um, I'm like, I want to go on tour again. And I, I just started like, button heads with um, Schwinn a little bit. I think I got a little bit of an ego going. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm making money, winning contests, magazines, all this stuff. And it was awesome. So um, I didn't get on GT. And then I was like, all right. And I went back to standard. And then it was like, Oh, God, what's going on? And then you know start bouncing around and that's right around i believe the time x games came out so it was like hoffman sent me there on a white big daddy um did that for the contest that's it and then you know then it was like kind of started off with the, like the horror stuff and right around the horror time was when i started my skate park in
0: 2001.
1: Mm-hmm. so my partner was 17. And I had to wait till he turned 18 and then we can incorporate and then we could start the park like the next day which is pretty nuts but the local skate park badlands shut down and then it was like what do we do mm-hmm. so my partner alex had his house with tennis courts and we built ramps on those took the nets down box jump sub boxes spines deck spines everything it was it was awesome and that and was the we, park that was the start of the park of like, hey, Badlands shut down. You got this whole set here. Let's bring it inside because nothing in Florida lasts because it's so, like, the weather kills everything, especially mm-hmm. wood thing. So, yeah, 2001, we opened up. We ran it. It was awesome. And I had to hide a bed in the office. I slept in the office for, like, six months. yeah yeah and then it just kind of evolved from there so it's kind of crazy so so which
0: one came first mission skate park mission and then yeah
1: and then mesh mesh happened next because i had two partners brett and simon yeah they had their own park up the street that shut down and they told me they're like hey chad we're gonna open our park regardless if you want to uh join us or not and i was like there can't be two yeah so i shut down mission and we meshed together and start mesh skate park from 2004 to 2009. So that was uh, a nine year run of skate parks.
0: Huh? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Would you, do you think it was worth it? Would you do it again? I
1: can't undo it. Um, worth it. Yes. From the knowledge and experience and good times and learning about business from the skate side to the bike side. So, um, it happened, you know, there's, um, few things in there you obviously love to have a crystal ball but and love to go back in time you know that time machine thing but um you know everything happened i uh i'm pretty happy with it and discussing it in a happy manner you know it closed and that's a bummer but uh, i think it it moved into evolved into city parks and you know what's going to happen and what the future is going to turn out like so yeah i i think indoor skate parks if you have one around you and you like it pay to go there support them do whatever um if you're in the general area if they have a shop buy something whatever because it's i mean it's a tough business to be into um i think especially these days and it's like you know you like the park pay to go and uh tell whoever's there you had a good time
0: and so and tell others you know so you yeah know. yeah it's can't be easy i'm i've never run a skate park before but from the outside looking in it definitely doesn't seem easy not easy at all so did you do mr b's after
1: the parks yeah so i knew mesh skate park was shutting down um i owed some money to a few accounts and um my education was into riding bikes and doing this um how many shows am I possibly going to do hmm. photography? I was still making money doing that. Um, in BMX, you need to have multiple avenues to kind of get by. Right. So I feel like, um, starting, starting a bike shop was the right thing to do. Um, cause I ran one since 2001 out of my first skate park. I've always had a bike shop, bike skate shop. So it's something I did and I truly looked forward to it because Sometimes I would take off my shirt when somebody broke their arm and their bone sticking through and put it down or the concussions or the other stuff and I was like excited to run a less uh you know, injury based business. <laughs> oh <laughs> so <it> was, yeah. <laughs> like, so to have a bike shop with shoes and this and that and people just hang out was something I kinda look forward to. Um the reason I put my shop where it is is because the city of Longwood was starting their own public skate park and it was only a couple blocks from my shop oh, so i yeah. figure, which was a couple blocks from my skate park so if they opened and i had my skate park everybody's gonna go to the free park instead of my park so it's gonna go down eventually anyway yeah so um yeah and i located there and i was like i'm trying to figure this out and they're tearing down a building next door and they're gonna make a huge village and you know updated kind of upscale shopping and stuff and uh i located there for 10 years and uh it was it was awesome so yeah they never did upscale shopping they never did any of that but i still ran a shop out of there so <laughs> it was great
0: it worked out yeah uh, another viewer question that i want to oh, bring yeah. in here another chad chad powers oh yeah what's <laughs> up chad he's got a question that uh i was gonna ask anyways before i yeah. get to that i want to just shout out a bunch of people who are watching because we got yeah. terry adams carl yes. pointer chad yep. powers large yep. ray joe sisman <laughs> like yeah there's an entire list of people it's just cool thanks for that's, being here everybody. yeah
1: no i appreciate them all i wish i could see that list too that's awesome so yeah
0: uh but the question was how did you come up with the name for mr b's bikes and boars what's the b for the b is um bees is two b's
1: so i located on the main street which is 434 in longwood so when you're on a main street where there's thirty thousand cars that drive by if you have a sign that says what you are cool i wanted to name the shop mustache if people drove by they'd be like oh mustache not going there you know and so <laughs> I had a and I always thought mr was some kind of word or name I wanted to use mr period and I was like and then I had to spell it out mr bikes and boards or mr bike's letter n boards so it was to identify my location where it is and then I hated I don't like the name and it got shortened into mr B's which I love it you know and it it identifies the bikes and boards side of it so that's pretty much in a nutshell what that is gotcha yep
0: and you've been running that for a while that's 13 years yep nice well yep. congrats for having a bike thank shop you. for 13 years thank you it's not easy i know that no no that's another hard one too skate parks and bike shops yep yeah another thing i wanted to ask you about is like what are some of the realities and challenges of running skate parks and a bike shop and then eventually we'll get to talking about a brand too Mm -hmm. that people from the outside looking in might not know about yeah is that a question yeah about running a skate park
1: um skate parks are awesome because i feel like you see the progression of these kids and people and it's, it's, it's definitely a place, an indoor safe place to go. I think it's necessary for a lot of places, um, even in Florida. I mean, like this weekend, we're going to Skate Park in Tampa. It's been going on forever. Um, beautiful place um, because of the sun and the rain. Um, anywhere else, the, the Nowhere Compound, that thing is like, that's, that's a documentary right there. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, from any kind of skate parks from the old rampage park to chango world to you know um any of them you know section eights um it's it's a tough one though because because it's so like kind of like tight and the crew assembles and everybody gets to know each other like i said earlier like it's this it's this bond that goes and then you stop charging and it's like it's almost like if you're charging someone, you're, like, paying for a friendship. And it's, like, so the, the, the idea of the skate park is hopefully strangers come in and they have fun and you let them ride for an admission. Um, but I feel like when you have employees, they have their friends that come in and then it, it just kind of skyrockets. Like, they become super cool and they get more friends and then they let all that whole crew in. And it's like, so skate parks are really tough, I feel. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, you see a skate park, pay to go to them. Um, Shout out to Green Bay um, Skate Park. That's either opening or opening soon. Um, That's a nonprofit, and that's awesome. And I suggest going to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and checking out that park. Like, the history of that, how it evolved is awesome. Um, I'll not stop going to them. But also, like, there is a lot of public free parks too that are popping up everywhere in the pump track stuff too. So it's, it's, it's incredible. So the other part of the question was about bike shops, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah.
1: Thing. Um, it's a tough one. If you're a BMX shop and, um, people, whoever's watching this or whatever, don't hate me on this, but if there's 15 of true BMX shops in the country because um, most are like road bikes or whatever, and they got pegs, pedals, stuff like that, you know. And um, they might have a BMXer that works there. Um, that it, it's a BMX shop, but it's not like, you know, like the LB's Empire. It's not like cheap goods. It's not, you know, like Mr. B's. You know, it's like where it's BMX based, focused, and we're actually riders. We ride, we do our stuff. We go ride with people. Um, we talk about it. We go through parts. We change tires and everything like that. Um, I feel like BMX only shops is, is another tough, like in the skate park category. Yep. And uh, you got to stay on your toes, um, whether it's have your crew and also possibly online sales to, um, I feel the longevity of it. Like somebody starting a BMX only shop. Pretty wild you know like clay at pusher he's killing it he's doing awesome um but a little bit close to him's pedal action they started a little bit later you know and it's to see from one frame to 10 frames and stuff like that it's like um you know the, the bmx shop is, is is wild like get educated like learn how to work on bikes mm-hmm. the 20, 26 inch tube goes in the same way as a 20 inch tube you know like there's a lot of similarities in the stuff there's a lot of stuff you can learn by just uh, buying a bike or just researching it and doing it and um that equates to like i do full, full service so i have people come in i do a lot of repairs like i said earlier i did a lot of wheel builds well i've worked on more road bikes beach cruisers and bikes that look like they've been in the bottom of a lake yeah. for the last four years and that helps too you know like it keeps you busy Um, you're always learning um, but your shop has to have all the tools Um, get those reviews get that stuff going but it's also being honest and kind and nice to customers too which I don't know I think there's a big ego in some of this stuff and it's
0: not necessary so yeah yeah that makes sense I was going to ask you about what types of stuff you do with Mr. B's yeah what how much of what you're doing would you say is the repair side of things as of like since since covid yeah um, now currently i would say about 70
1: percent repair but it varies per day you know like we we have the tourism here too you know there's a lot of people from brazil south america or just coming into town going to disney that want to see a BMX shop, want to ride Candyland or see what the place is about. You know, there's a lot of BMX in Longwood. Um, Yeah. I mean, lately it's been a lot of repairs, but it's also, we carry good brands too. Mm
0: -hmm, So people mm
1: -hmm. come in and I I love this. I, I learned this from mesh skate park. When you walk in mesh skate park doors into the shop, we had the shoe wall, we had the clothing, we had the bike area for repairs. And it's like, more than 90% of people went. Damn, you know I, I like this, but I want to like support and buy something here. And I like when people come in and they go, "Yeah, this is this is what I was looking for." Yeah. Like, like not necessarily a part, but like that feeling. We have a pool table, so they walk in. And they're like, "Yeah, it's not hardwood floors and everything's perfect and prim. It's like it's a little seasoned and salted, and it's like I think people walk in and they're just like." They they feel at home, so you, you have to make that, and that
0: doesn't happen overnight. Right. So it's a community and uh, something you work towards the vibe Completely. of yep. the place. Yep. I think that covers it pretty well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, is there anything else about? I mean, obviously, there's a board side of it. Do You guys mm-hmm. do a, do you do a lot of that? We do. Um... The longboard side of it is pretty
1: awesome like we have bike paths all oh,
0: sorry. you better do two because you missed one of them did i Mm-hmm.
1: okay okay um there, there's a lot of bike paths around the area okay um like that all interconnect and everything and then they even go by candyland skate park which is cool so the longboarding nobody gets in trouble like safe longboarding on these asphalt paths um I think we sell a lot more of trucks and bearings you know in the in the stuff like that deck sales pretty low but complete boards like street skating boards we do quite a bit so i feel like that's getting people into it and uh hopefully they come back you know and they're switching out parts and whatnot so but there is a couple skate shops you know in orlando that are they've been around forever and they're they're awesome like like board walls and stuff. I don't have the space to have everything, but I I still have, you know, all the love for it and whatnot. And we work with the skate community to enhance the park and do
0: stuff. So, Um, but
1: it's a a lower percentage at the shop for sure.
0: Yeah. I was actually going to ask you too about the whole Candyland skate park thing because you've had quite a lot to do with some of that stuff, haven't you? 100%. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, shoot. I was just like, "What? from the start, were you involved?
1: Uh, it started with some grade school kids.
0: They they went to the city and started um, doing some um,
1: meetings. And next thing you know, the city uh, gathered some money together and bought all these prefab ramps. Um, they sat for probably, time-wise, like, I don't know, six, eight years. So the, the work was done, but they had nowhere to put them. Mm. And so by then these kids are out of high school and it's like they either didn't care or they didn't remember that they did it and um so we found out about all these ramps just sitting there to, i mean they're they're actually okay ramps and there's still some there right now so we're talking a long time ago and um we started going to meetings like you you set up the meeting it's once a month city hall and you go there and you, you can sign your name in you got two minutes to talk and it goes to the advisory board and they discuss it and that goes to the commissioner and the mayor. And to learn about that's pretty incredible. So we started going with heaps of people where it's like standing up, you know, the, the Jeff Honeycuts coming with the Austin, you know, his son. And it's like, so it's not just older people, it's younger people. And then it's the look around, it's a sea of people and, um, everybody's talking and it's like, we don't all need to talk. We all have the same kind of message to give out. And that's, that was our message but we can, we can roll deeper if you want or to acknowledge it and then give us, uh, next month, like we'll come back and let us know what you think. And, um, after one meeting, something happened and it was like a huge grant. Um, if you know anything about cities, it's, uh, it's grant writing, it's, um, there's money out there. They might be a $3,000 grant to a 500,000. One came in and, um, they picked a location and it was next to these baseball fields it's candyland um complex and they poured the cement and then a couple days later they put the prefab ramps on there and that was the start of candyland and um when we went in we're just like you know just it's never enough yeah like, in bmx it's like well that's cool what's next or more and so i started meeting you know city officials this and that and then um and our mayor too is pretty damn cool he's um matt morgan he's an ex-wwe wrestler he's about seven feet tall yeah and he's an ex-drug addict and whatnot so he's like he's he's invested into bettering his life with his community and stuff so um on a side note we called him out to jump our wedge ramp one time in front of the shop and he he jumped it and ate shit and Said hi to everybody and left, you know. But he, he's a man of his word. But like he he's at all the meetings and he's, you know, he's the mayor and um, it's kind of who you know. And the next thing you know, we uh, I raised it was like three thousand dollars and I built some ramps in Pennsylvania. Nate Wessel, mm-hmm. shout out, um, his crew who does the nitro circus, who does the lips and stuff, uh, built all the ramps and I drove up or flew up there. And drove a rider truck back and brought a big piece of candy corn out of metal and then a couple ledges and uh that was kind of like a uh, phase two and then i got with the city and they're just like well we can write a grant well how do you do that and um you need to do this this and this and you need to if you get awarded you need to do this and so we're like oh we'll fix the tennis nets Oh, we'll strike the lines here or we'll put new net. Like, like if you get a grant, if you write it not for a skate park, if you write for a skate park and the park, the jungle gym, you get awarded points. So there was a $200,000 grant that got awarded. Wow. Yeah. Um, hundred went to the jungle gym, no okay jungle gym. And a hundred 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 went to the pump track. And it was like, it was kind of game on. And it was like, well, when they built that pump track, what was funny is they didn't think there needs to be maintenance and upkeep on a pump track. So you got pump track. Let's say it gets busy and a corner breaks off or the grass or whatnot. So they have an investment now. So now they need to keep up with it. So now they have routine invest uh, um, maintenance on it. So they put a couple thousand in here and there and whatnot. And uh, so we realized that the city kind of like letting us do stuff, whatever we want. So I got with Chris in the city and I was like, hey, I'm gonna do a GoFundMe. And is it okay if I build stuff out of metal? And he's like, whatever you want, here's a key for the back gate. And we raised about $15,000 and we built an infinity quarter out of metal and a metal quarter up the ramp, two Jersey barriers, which our friend Lupi, um bought, like used ones and we cemented them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was awesome, but 15 grand doesn't go that far. And uh, so that's where we're at right now. And uh, we're far from done, done but uh, we have to need to raise more money, find more money, um, keep doing stuff and uh, keep pushing it to change stuff. So, oh, the last one, the city, the city has, um, you know, like a maintenance fund. And uh, we took out like a grind bar and we got with the skaters and we poured cement a metal framed foamed inner and we poured cement in there so we have this perfect grind bar in the middle of the skate park so it's like we're learning about it but we're also the city's kind of paying for stuff too you know but it's it's slow it's a slow process the next is lights so they're putting putting in a bunch of lights too so yeah that'll be good yes 100 percent. people love the place because they kind of see it as like a diy Mm. but you could also show up that day and help us So there's, there's a pride thing in it too. And everybody knows the process. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm sure it feels good to see it go through all of those phases and be where it is today and still be helping. Oh, it's insane. And it's like,
1: and it's still a free park. It's getting better. Um, The people there are respectful and it's cool and it's a damn fun park. You know, it's like, you know, it's right there. So it's, it's great.
0: Yeah. I was there once and. There was so many people there. It was crazy. Did you go with the when the pump track was there? Yeah. Okay,
1: so you haven't been there that long ago. Yeah.
0: It was twenty nineteen. Yeah, twenty nineteen.
1: Okay. That was probably the start of the pump track. So yeah,
0: yeah. Then there's another pour.
1: Um, I call it a pour, but an asphalt.
0: Yeah. I went out there with
1: the asphalt crew with a um paint, you know, paint marker, and uh, we're gonna bowl in almost all the middle aside from a couple drains so there's gonna be lines all over the place that's cool and that's that's the next one and that's within like the city budget to like the maintenance so there's three three different maintenance and they reset quarterly and yearly and we're trying to use the, the money wisely um, to protect the pump track and the rest of the park but also to fix it and it's like you know they they confide in all of us we have meetings and it's great. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you got to ride it. That's, that's what I go to. <laughs> it's, if, if you're in town, if you come here in Florida in the winter or you're in the general area, swing by the shop or I know, um, swamp fest is coming up. It's about in a little over an hour away. Mm-hmm. Go see what Florida has to offer. There's some
0: wild ass parks around go to skate park of Tampa. Like go do this stuff, you know? Yeah. Nothing's definitely. too far. And if you're going to go to Candyland, which means you're not far from Orlando, which means you yep. have to go ride the brick quarters. The Maitland mainland. training. Yes, you yep. have to go ride yep. that because yep. that's just a spot that I think every single person should ride at least once. It was wild. Like when we when we
1: cut the bars off to begin with, probably 20 years ago, Yeah, it was like, we can't let anyone know about this. And then on the homepage of Skate Park of Tampa was a picture of it and directions to get there. And I was like,
0: no,
1: <laughs> no and then not like i don't know if anyone that's ever got a ticket i've never been stopped by the police i think if you're not an asshole and you're running through the traffic and doing stuff you're fine like that place is it, it's like uh it's like this gem that's from like like europe
0: it's just sitting in off of I-4 in Maitland it's pretty wild yeah I was there with a couple people back in 2016 and we were literally there for like six or eight hours <laughs> yeah I see you and yeah, I'm, there wasn't a single like I'm sure yeah. cops drove by all day long yeah. people walking by and yeah no, no one cared at all and we just had an awesome day and it's
1: it's fun when um people come to town because they're like hey do you know any spots and it's Maitland trannies. I give them detailed directions to go there and the other parks, but it's also when events come into town, it's awesome too, because I'm like, man, I got to go ride there. And I do it like once a year because I think it's going to be done and it's never, and I'm like, and I have the best time there all the time. Like even when like Matt Copeland comes to town, he's like, I got to roll by there, you know, or whoever else is here. It's like, it's kind of a must go yep. to and it's so easy to get to
0: oh, yeah. right off the highway it's right there so yeah Yep, and there's actually more there to ride than just what you've mostly seen
1: oh yeah yeah i mean there's four corners
0: Yep. and it was probably a couple months
1: ago i rode the other corner and then i rode the other corner but i've never rode the fourth corner mm-hmm. and it's like they're all different and i was like you don't really need to ride these two but i'm like i never did it's like they're just different trannies, mm-hmm. you know, but Maitland trannies. Yeah. The brick quarters go there. Worth it for sure. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk about Deco. Okay. When, when did you start Deco? I started Deco the same year as I started Mr. B's in 2009. Okay. Deco BMX. Yep.
0: What was the inspiration
1: or drive behind it? Uh, riding for bike companies and parts and um learning enough about uh the production of them to what needs to be done to um just doing my own thing it it was kind of time of like i've ridden for a good amount of companies i've seen a lot of stuff and it was like i felt like that was like i could do that standard bikes kind of thing i could do that you know and and i did yeah yeah it was it was i i um i, I guess I, I guess i got bummed on how i got treated on a bunch of different stuff towards the end of different sponsorships and that's i mean that's why people leave and move on like get educated understand um do your own thing uh name a brand create a brand and um i had a lot of help you know, which, which was awesome. Cause, um, UGP was distributed and we distributed in the U S like BSD and we we're doing all that stuff. So I saw, you know, the Taiwan side of it. Um, I saw how it worked. I saw the bike shops, I saw it all. And it was like, I can definitely do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to take away anything, but I feel like I just wanted to do it myself. Yeah. You know, Create my brand, like and it was it was such a fresh start from the skate park to start a bike shop and a bike company. Same year, same date, same everything, incorporated the same date. Like I just did everything all at once. And it was like it was it was fun. It was a complete flip flop from massive skate park to this. And I'm like, This is my new chapter. This is this is this is what I'm gonna do.
0: Hell yeah. And What's, what all the stuff do you, have you guys done through the years parts wise? Um, I got on
1: profile right when I, like right before I started. So I never wanted to touch any of their stuff, right? I do, I, like in Taiwan, you can make anything, you can open a catalog and, right. uh, I have a bike brand and you just pick out and I was like, I didn't want to do anything they did. So I, I know I wanted frame forks and, and bars. And then with that comes headsets and bottom brackets. Um, brake cables were a huge one cause I took, I don't know how long, probably 10 different samples of brake cables to make the correct front brake cable that works correctly. It's the same one I've used since 2009. Awesome. You run front brakes. This, this is the one, nice. but I only make it in black. So you're going to have to wrap tape around it to get a different <laughs> color or whatnot, but I'm stoked on the brake cable. And then, you know, into like pad sets, um, I've made, uh, I got into pegs, you know, like street pegs, the combo peg, but I also make a flatland peg mm. and it's made in St. Petersburg, which is ironic because that's where profile is. Yeah. But I, I make it through um, a friend who does, is, is in the gun industry. So I make one of the lightest, strongest flatland pegs, two different styles, and I get it anodized in Orlando too. So learning from profile, I want to do something similar but they're not making pegs anymore like they made it some but and it was like so I'm, i definitely don't want to step on anything they're doing so yeah and then seats were a huge one C posts obviously go with that the pivotal yeah never got okay. into stealth or tripods um stealth's okay because it is you know pivotal but did a lot of that C post clamps and then um i had a tire mold and i was ready but it's it's a. Uh, a couple sleepless nights and probably whatever the cost is times two and i couldn't do a tire so the tire is still the dream so but um that's essentially what deco is you know and t-shirts hats and stickers and and a cool vibe nice a huge product we provide the cool shit
0: yeah so what is like the current
1: deco that people can get Uh, currently I've got headsets, bottom brackets, um, cables, pad sets, make hip packs. If you're cool, you'll buy a hip pack, um, pegs, uh, flatland pegs, street pegs. And, um, that's it for now. I do make some Hanna bars, Terry Adams signature bars, and they're made through S and M. Nice. So that's pretty cool to do that. I'm wondering if I should do more bars, um, bars have kind of increased the price but um if you want some terry Adams bars they're out on the market so yeah doing that um but with covid hitting i haven't made a frame or fork in three years mm-hmm. and it's just it got more expensive it's tough um i am hoping for summer come back out with like the full line that i had so yep nice yeah, that's kind awesome kind of a kind of a rebuild this year
0: cool um, that's good to hear yeah. i was gonna ask yeah. you what 2023 looked like for deco yeah you guys. it's looking good
1: you know like uh we had distributors across uh, the world and shops everywhere it seemed like it went down like almost done and it's like just to get the support i have now is awesome you know a handful of shops uh we still don't have any Distributor aside from profile, you can get deco parts from profile. So ask Matt when mm. you're placing orders, um, which is cool. And it's just like I said, the hope to rebuild, you know, it kind of needed like a reset at um, the peak. I had 23 riders I was helping out. That's pretty wow. big yeah. for kind of a small brand that doesn't have complete bikes and doesn't have everything. And um, I don't know, it, it just kind of evolved, you know, like they're all awesome in their own way all, of, all those riders um it's definitely less than that now so and i mean it changes that's that's what it is right, cope. Yeah. and some changes time and whatnot and, and taiwan too so but yeah it's, it's awesome every day i wake up and work on it i do a
0: little bit every day so nice man yeah you are kind of you got your irons in every fire when it comes to bmx doing all this stuff I try to i mean aside from that not to brag but doing judging
1: you know we just just judged that uh usa bmx freestyle thing in Oviedo, florida Mm. um Mm. sponsored by you know mongoose and snafu and whatnot but our crew went out you know matt copeland and me and uh brian Kaczynski were judging so doing that and doing work with the city you know to improve skate parks getting with the skate shops to make other skate parks awesome in the community and um, I haven't done a show in about three years. That's the only thing, like, kind of miss that. Yeah. Cause like, Rob Nolly and BMX Trick Stars, like, um, it was Scott Weaver and me doing the flatland and announcing side of it, and it's like, um, but I feel like I'm still doing all the same stuff, but COVID kind of put a wrench into a little bit of it. So, yeah, like, you, you gotta have different avenues. Right. You gotta. You gotta do multiple multiple things. So.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I kind of get the feeling of too. It's just you love BMX so much that you just want to do all these different things around it. Yeah, but you can't do everything. Can't do yeah. everything. You can't, but I mean,
1: you should you should definitely learn a lot and and try and uh, to do it. Do it makes you happy too. So, but yeah, I I feel like my basket of BMX is is awesome. It's, it's great
0: yeah so you mentioned the judging side of things you yeah. also judge flatland
1: i did i did circle of balance um i've done two of those one last one was in japan this previous one was in new orleans um, i've done uh there's a Gasparilla jam in uh tampa area i've done that um the afa i've done that um the new one not not the old one you yeah. know um, that, that's been a few years um so i mean from x games do tour gravity games to you know all that stuff so had my hands in a lot of different stuff so and which is an awesome experience for all that so it's like an overall so but flatland wise was definitely circle of balance it was one of the bigger ones for sure
0: i was kind of curious how flatland is judged compared to freestyle the circle of balance was a battle. Um,
1: the day before was qualifying, and that was absolutely the hardest, when you have to give people scores and seed them, you know? And some of the people there, the Kios to, you know, a bunch of them weren't on their game. So when they're they're seated, you know, you're going 16th against first, you know, and you go down like that. Um, I felt qualifying was the hardest. And then when it actually gets in a battle format, it's two riders going. You basically, for circle of balance, you hold up a red or a blue. So not to downplay that it's not difficult, but it is like, it's two people, and you don't take notes, and you don't discuss really anything. So it's like you're hired there to take your your view of what you just saw and in, in, in award a winner.
0: Whoa. You know? so, so that's crazy. Which
1: is fun. And and Matt's, Matt at Profile in the Spot Roast this weekend, Friday is doing that. He's going to do a Circle of style, like game of BMX, head to head. And uh, it's kind of awesome. And it's it's been an awesome format. You know, and then I don't know you, you get a great announcer doing the stuff and it's like it's game on it gets intense it, get, it gets like sweaty watching
0: this. yeah i mean dude it'd be pretty cool to see that in the freestyle side of things where it's like two freestyle riders and then you've yeah. got judges that are just yeah. gonna pick who they felt like did better yeah and
1: you could in freestyle you could possibly do two completely different runs and then it would get tough for the judging yeah you know what i mean right it, It could be the but Matt's doing like game of bike, so that's like, if you've never done a bar spin and you got somebody that does bar spins, it's like, okay, who's gonna get, who's gonna get a letter on that one? Mm -hmm. Like, which is a little frightening because they could do a bar spin over something or whatever. It's like, or you might learn a trick. Yeah, it's it's just kind of pushing BMX. You know, it's like, it's awesome. So I I feel like this that format could get into freestyle stuff too in change stuff it could be you know it's, it's just another avenue that could happen you know at, at whatever contest that comes up
0: so. oh for sure i feel like it could even have an impact on what we see as contest style riding yeah 100 percent. that's yeah. sick yeah what about um non-battle style flatland contest what is what is something that a flatland judge is looking at to determine how well somebody's doing how they ride that day i mean i i feel like being a
1: judge like you should um wipe the slate clean and uh focus on not what they've done in the past but how they ride that day Mm -hmm. and, and judge them accordingly and it's getting a little bit harder to do that because there's so many different styles, but there's also like the progression still getting pushed, um, from numerous people. Um, namely a lot in Japan too, like they're, they're pushing the limits of stuff. That's like, you know, when we say there can't be any new tricks, there's new tricks, there's new styles, there's new links. And it's like, it's, it's, um, it's awesome to see on the internet, but then when you go see it live, like in New Orleans, it's like, it's like you turn into like a super fan. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's it's good. Yeah. Like how dialed some of these riders are. It's it's just. I remember spending 15 years trying to pull one trick. It seems like these kids are learning them in 15 minutes.
0: Yeah. So like, what are you paying attention to if you're judging Flatland? like at a base level i'm just trying to understand from someone who's yeah. like never even been to a flatland contest part of it can be
1: originality uh part of its execution um obviously touching the ground you know you should try and stay away from that but you can't be completely penalized mm-hmm. you know if it's an awesome thing or after the buzzer so they're, they're they do some rules like when the buzzer goes off you have to look down it's like stuff like that it's like there should be a buffer but it's also i mean they want to progress the sport and stuff but um how they're riding how they're doing but it's kind of the vibe of the room Mm -hmm. you know if if you're getting nailing shit and it's unreal like adrenaline starts pumping and like all the flatline events i've been to the crowd i've seen them get up and run around and screaming and shit there's no seat belts on at these mm. flatland mm. contests. Like they would break them out. The seats would pop out. Yeah. Like there's, there's that much energy and I feel that's part of it too. So it's, it's, it's like an overall thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's gotten amazing. So
0: that's cool. Yep. I was just kind of curious when I heard that you judge flatland. I'm like, man, yep. I wonder how that actually works. Yeah. And it's, it can be
1: different at each one too. You know, you, you have meetings You're looking for this you're obviously um i feel like when you're judging in japan they like a lot more progression and seeing new stuff um here they want all that but they also want consistency a good show too you know like like for red bull you obviously don't want the winner to be somebody that falls on their back yeah but if that's the best run that's how it works but it's like yeah it's um Yeah, I mean, so you might have to judge a little bit differently at each one. And that's um, kind of the progression of it to find the best template, whether it's the battle format or if it's traditional judging, like qualifying. So at Circle of Balance, we did both. Yeah. But we did one to lead into the battle. So that that gives people some options, you know?
0: Yeah, it sounds really awesome. Yep. So to totally shift gears here, I heard... (laughs) I heard. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard you were the fourteenth most influential rider according to Ride BMX. That's what they posted. And uh, one day I
1: have it's it's in the other room, but I got this. Well, it looks by my hands. I need to go like this picture behind me. That's how big it is. But mm-hmm. They framed, they framed that, and it looks like a plaque on it. And they it arrived in the mail, and they yeah they awarded me. Voted number fourteen.
0: That's cool. um, and that was like, yeah, that was, that was pretty serious. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you still have it in your Instagram bio, so I'm sure it meant a lot I, to you. I'm very,
1: I'm very proud of it. Yeah, it know, I, be. I
0: don't think that that's gonna
1: go away. Like, I I don't necessarily have a date on it when it happened, but I feel like getting that and getting a few awards were just like that. That's that's. Like yeah, I, I'm very okay with
0: bragging about that. You should be. I'm kinda curious too, So, what are some of the things that you innovated and invented in BMX? Um invented like trick wise. Um there's, there's a few ramp tricks
1: I feel, but the one in Flatland that I kinda got more known for is the dark side. So and there's there's a ton of variations and there's actually a couple new ones that haven't they're not that old Mm -hmm. so dark side essentially is like going from front wheel to back wheel back wheel to front wheel it's like jumping and switching you know
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And it completely came about as an accident you know it's like you're in a trick and you're falling and then you just kind of jump and you're like oh I just almost landed on the pegs and I went into that trick which I do that trick too and then it was like Well, that's possible. Why can't I go from there to there? Well, why not go backwards from there to there? And then it was like it just started evolving, you know, into different dark side tricks, but I feel the one is the dark side. Nice. Yep.
0: Somebody said uh, Neely's.
1: Neely's. Neely's, I don't think I was the first person, but that's one of my favorite tricks, and I feel like I've got so many more to do. Mm-hmm. in different variations and I've got these turbines I'm working on like I can do a turbine in it but it's it's a knee on the seat and and you're balancing and people are like oh he's got the craziest knees and if I have to give a secret out I don't use my knee I use like the front mm. where the bone is and it's like but trust me I've done kneely tricks before where my knee is bleeding like, oh man and and then and then i'm like because i have to pull it and so i or know if it's possible and uh and then i'm out like with a scab and the healing process for a couple weeks Great. but i've done that so now i know neely's i'll do a few dozen for a little while and then i'll get a little irritated and i'm done with it but um Neely stuff if, if uh i i can't claim that but i like to claim that it's uh one of my more favorite tricks It looks great in a photo. It feels fun. And uh, I just did one the other day for my profile 55-year edit. It's like I'm stoked. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know who did it first. That would be something to to find out or whoever asked that
0: too. Yeah. Well, somebody's username on here is MarleyDidIt. It It said I named it the Neely in all caps. Yeah, Jay.
1: What what up, Jay? Yeah. That's funny it's possible yeah
0: so then another person said front wheel decade
1: uh, i believe yeah, i got that one yes i'll take that one yep that's like you, you you're scuffing on one side of the front wheel going around circles and you jump over like a decade and you land on the front wheel again yep. Jeez, yep. That yeah 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 I'll, I'll take that one for sure thank Phew. you thanks for reminding me of that
0: any any others
1: trying to think um i'd like to say i did some around the world stuff which is like when you're rolling on the back wheel and two feet and then you go to the front and then you go around the world like you go around your bike but you stay on your back wheel
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're switching feet and like yeah. shifting and stuff like that yep like around mm-hmm. the world stuff for sure Jeez. um you know what i i, I lost like that kind of drive to claim and i just love all of it but i mean the front wheel decade for sure neely in the in the area um but yeah front wheel decade yeah and dark side yeah yeah
0: any any skate park tricks
1: i kind of feel like the one i came up with and uh if anyone wants to argue this let me know because i feel like it's on a coping to coping spine You hop over tooth, and then you 270 out. Mm. I feel like that. Yes. And then the other one, 100%, coping to coping spine. You hop over toothpick. You put both feet on the front tire, and you do no hander like a
0: cowboy. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Uh, Trevor just did that at woodward this past city last year yeah their adult weekend on yeah. that new thing on the training pyramid that they made yeah yeah, yeah. yeah
1: he did. It, um i did that for dave freymeth as a picture trick nice and it, it, you know what i mean like we were just shooting a picture i'm like if i i can do this and do this and like and then jump out and then i pulled it <laughs> and it was like oh damn yeah that, that was yeah that was that was like uh hey let's let's fuck around maybe somebody will see this or whatever and it's like no it worked yeah (laughs) that's so sick yeah
0: yeah i love it and like even if you didn't invent the neely i feel like that's probably one you can definitely claim the progression of and really pushing yeah Yeah.
1: there there might be some hang five stuff too but brian bowell kind of check the list on that one. Mm-hmm. Like he has a lot, but I followed in his footsteps on a lot of those and there might be some variations in the Hang Five, you know, doing some stuff, but Brian Vowell's like yeah, that, that was somebody I wanted to like do hang fives with for sure. Yeah. Felt
0: <laughs> nice. oh, good. Nice. So I'm gonna address the uh this part. Tell Let's me talk about those. <sighs> you won one of those three years in a row correct yes. how did that feel Um, it, it's kind of like
1: I, I, I don't even know how to describe it it was, it was kind of like I know I was like runner up like one year before mm-hmm. I think Dave Smith got it and I was like that's I mean you're that close this could happen and then all of a sudden it happened and it was like it's it, that that's kind of a changing point in my BMX career, like winning one of those. You know, getting on the level of like being on haro getting one of those, like you're a legit player in the game. Yeah. And um you got kind of the hardware to show for it too. It was like to win one was like that that was it. It was it was awesome. And then it just it kinda kept happening and I, I feel like it was in the crew we were on on Haro, you know, with Nyquist and Mira. Like, we we're always on the stage. Yeah. I mean, they were on the stage a little bit more, but we did three full years together up there. And it was like, it, it was starting to become like something like, let's just keep doing this, you know? It's like, so, but I always say I, I got three and only two hands. So either I got to wear one as a necklace or, you know, <laughs> I'll let someone carry it around and drink out of it, you know? So. Um, oh, yeah. They're displayed in my house for sure Here hold on
0: I need to get a good look at it uh, yeah. There we go That's, that's so a,
1: sick That's a 2002 one too So that, that was like the first one They, they all have meaning So.
0: Yeah. Oh I'm sure and, and it was probably Like Unbelievable getting another one And then yep. the third year in a row I'm yeah. Was there a feeling of like Could it happen Three in a row, like really? Could it
1: happen? I, I, didn't think two. I didn't think three, and you know, I, I was very happy with that. So that is completely good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love it.
0: So there's a question here. I have no idea what this means, but he says, "Ask him the bike or the pig nose."
1: Um, pig nose is my car. It's my oh. seventy one VW Squareback. Gotcha. Um,
0: so what? What's
1: the question? It's the the bike or the pig nose. I don't know if
0: they're trying to make you pick between them.
1: I mean, I'd pick the bike first, but the pig nose is something I acquired about a year ago. And it's like, like w- when I got out of high school, I went to Arizona and, um, I was driving my dad's Subaru and I found my first squareback, and I bought it and drove it back. My dad's kind of like, hell's this It's lowered, you know, couldn't get over speed bumps, barely. And it was like, <laughs> It was like that was my introduction to cars and on the front of my VW right now is my original license plate. It says nineteen ninety four, you know, like the tag and then March, my birth date, but it's Arizona license plate it's on the front of my my car. And that's my VW now is like what my son Cooper, he's fifteen. He uh started driving it the other day. Nice. It's fun, it's a stick, it's hard it's not easy to drive, you oh, know. Boy. It's like, yeah, so, if I have to pick, it's bike first, but the bike fits in the pig nose, too, so, yeah. <laughs> Both.
0: Yeah, Both but it looks decided.
1: like a pig nose. It, like, you look at the side, and it's like,
0: yeah, it, it looks like a pig nose. Oh, there's another really good question here. Being, in, <laughs> right. being a Florida guy for so long, did he ever ride with Corey Nastasio in his early days?
1: Yeah, Corey was here. Um, I remember Corey picking up, like, Frameth, and... Um, you know, I, I forgot who else around here is probably Banky to go do shows, but Corey was around here. I don't remember like sessions with him, but I remember him and Gangster Pants and like you know <laughs> and, like his lowered car, the tires rubbing and stuff like that. And it was like, yeah, I remember, I remember Corey. I mean, he's Florida. Yeah. And it was like I don't I I don't know sessions or whatnot, but it's like Corey was Corey.
0: Mm Mhm. He's
1: just BMX and riding and chilling, but it's like, yeah. And I'm still a fan of his. It's
0: like, how can you not be? Oh, for real. The dude's got. (laughs) He's awesome. Charisma coming out of his fingertips.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to link up with him, just hang out with him. Or I mean, I I look at his Instagram. I look at all his stuff. I'm like, that that dude's
0: serious. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Man, the questions just keep coming in eric okay. Stahl says what was riding with paulo sika like it was
1: awesome we lived in the same place um i mean he's from chicago we knew of each other but we lived in in arizona in scottsdale at my uh, uncle's condo and that was a whole winter and it was like i guess you, you become to like know and be friends with people and you're just like you still are a fan but it, it becomes more it's deeper than that. Like mm-hmm. once you live together and like you pay the phone bill and you go eat and you go have sessions and then and then you film for videos like the L's Bells video or whatnot's going on and you're riding like on standard together. I feel like when I left Standard he right after that he got his own the Dow his own frame. And it was like we were like right there at the same time and it's like and then it's wild. So much time passes to, like, today. And it's, like, a few years ago, he came out with an edit. And I'm, like, he's riding all the time. Yeah. You don't see him for years. And you're and then because of BMX, like, you can be forgot about just as quick, I feel. And, um, especially not Instagram or Facebook or videos or whatever. And it's, like, he comes out with this video and it's, like, still got it. He's, like... Styly as ever um he's just paul like it's, yeah. it's uh i don't know like the best times we had a blast there and it's like we lived together and yeah it was, it was great it was cool yeah respect him like and i haven't seen him ride in years again so he's coming out with an edit or whatever like yeah i'll be the first one to
0: watch that so hell yeah shout out paul Sika. yep and then uh, another one here from Powers. Ever jump a dirt jump? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up on that. I had dirt jumps at the end of my road.
1: Um, my most vivid kind of like picture and time was in Japan, and it was I believe in Hiroshima, jumping dirt jumps. And I remember it's like a UGP ad, and I tail whipped a pretty good sized dirt jump for took a picture of, but. I tail over dirt jumps. Um, also, Castlebury Trail, 71 North. When you go in there, you roll down the driveway, low-long, it's no dope, Um Rode those trails as much as I could. I didn't do much, because I felt like they were pretty big, but I got through those every time. Nice. That was awesome. Um, the biggest ones I ever did was following Mulville and Fresno. There's like that Fresno Park, where there's dirt jumps mm-hmm. and I followed him through like some massive jumps and I was like you know, and I think that was Mark kinda with a string just pulling me along <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or whatever, but it's like yeah, I, I I love that. Like dirt was always so fun, but I mean that's a different bike. I don't ride a flat right bike with skinny tires, but it's like but that was mesh skate park and seventy one North, the Casper Trails was all right there, but I mean that started from the end of my street where my parents live you know and they were crap there's but but in wisconsin you can dig and make dirt jumps in florida the sand mm-hmm. so you gotta try a little harder but um yeah 100 percent yeah i'd love to ride some more jumps too nice but baby steps not big ones you know like the hallahans i watch the hallahans daily at my shop yeah you know at snm and the their youtube channel and it's like the floatiness, the loftiness, the nostalgios and it's like the huckers. And it's like, damn, it looks so fun. Yeah. I never went that big, but I know the enjoyment of it. I appreciate it. And if I find the right set, like, yeah.
0: But there's no
1: joke to those two. So, but right. yeah.
0: Yep. If, if you ever come to Ohio, yep. the trails I dig at are perfect. They're... So you can build up to them? Yeah. I mean, the first yeah, jump in it, their small line is... Yeah. you know a little over a bike length long yeah, yeah yeah so it's yeah they're definitely like we got the build up and then the big line yeah. is bigger but yeah yep. if you're ever here definitely i will go there for
1: sure the The one trails i didn't ride when i still felt like i could throw down was uh vic the his circuit trails mm. like near his shop and his house like i remember riding the small stuff And going through some and i wanted to hit some of those bigger ones and i knew i could yeah and that was a day that i don't know what was happening but i was like you know i'm gonna i'm just gonna chill out and watch but i feel like i could have made it through some of those you know and it's like so i yeah yeah trails are awesome
0: they're good hell yeah they are Uh, a couple other uh, not questions but just saying chad said stoked come to richmond i'll tow you through and then it uh, the dude's username is Love Machine BMX. So there's a small line here if Chad hits up Ryan. Ryan Torrance, the trails he digs at. Yeah. Tor- Torrance's trails I've never been
1: to, but shouts to Torrance too. Yeah, that that's digging in Florida. Yeah, that's they're, a dedicated. Wild
0: <laughs> they're dedicated yes. for sure.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: So I, I'm not going to lie to you. I got a lot of what we've been talking about from your LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn your linkedin a, profile has I have a so linkedin much...
1: but I I don't go on there at all for any of that stuff.
0: Well, yeah. your bio on there was fantastic. And I saw is it? yes, Thank you. Thank so you. much good stuff in there, but I saw in there said something about being the first BMX rider in a video game.
1: Oh yeah, like what is Dave that? Mira Dave Mira XXX. X. Like it was supposed to be Dave Mira XXX. Uh-huh. And um so the the crew got hired it was dave ryan uh myself asado and we're all at woodward east and um oh my that, that was some of the hardest like i i just want to quit type situations because yeah we did i don't even know if it was 12 to 14 hour days like these long ass days and we're in motion capture suits right so we have balls hands like reflective balls everywhere so if you take a flash photo it just it just lights up Mm -hmm. but each part is linked to the computer so in in and it's it's called triple x bmx because dave mirror had to take his name off it Mm. because it was it was um this is a crazy story i'm gonna try and i'm gonna try and do this correctly um yes video game correct so i did all the motion capture for I had to get into a flatland trick do a flatland trick pull a flatland trick you know how hard that is wearing a skin tight suit at two in the morning when you're fatigued and you've been doing it all day because sometimes you do a trick and you're about to pull it and the ball on your elbow flies off so then you watch the the video and your arm flies off yeah so you had to keep the balls on you that's a funny (laughs) quote and then you had to pull tricks, and you had to do all this stuff to capture this because it's all on the video game. You start two wheels rolling, you hit the button, you go into a manual which pops you on the back peg that puts you in a back wheel link. Yeah. Or you hit the button, you go on the front wheel and hang five that goes into a flatland trick. So um, when you see BMX triple X, all the motion capture for any flatland in there is myself so we did that yes
0: that's awesome and i can get
1: i can get into a whole nother side of that story about why dave's name came off of that maybe on another podcast but we all did take our names off of that that's so yeah it, it did because i have copies of it and it's like um I'll, I'll tell it quickly so that that video was released as bmx triple x like i said it was in blockbuster video which if you watch the documentary on blockbuster video if you go to the last one wherever it is in portland or whatever it's interesting there used to be a place you could buy videos from
0: mm-hmm. but
1: so i go in there and like, dave, dave hits me up and he's like yeah i gotta take our name off here we gotta do this we all take our names off and it, it was bad it was like like if you pass the level you could hit a code and then it brings you to a lap dance at scores like you know <laughs> like like Howard Stern he kind of made that place a little famous or whatever like you get a lap dance or and it was actual girls so it was triple x it was pushing the limits of BMX and do we want you know our names associated with this with you know porn or whatever or this side of it we want BMX and music and whatever so we all took our names off that. Well, I find out that the video comes out as BMX Triple I go to Blockbuster. I grab it, and I was like, "BMX Triple I want to rent it. You know, I was like, all right. Turn it over. It says, Dave Mira, blah, blah, blah. Ryan Nyquist, blah, blah, blah. Dave saw blah, 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 Chad DeGroot, blah, blah, blah. On the back is the description. That was a violation. So day, I, I, I was like, I went to the manager. I'm like, hey, can I get this sleeve? Of this, and uh, I, I like that's my name. I need to, I need to do something about this, you know, because I have to send it to Dave and yeah. see what goes on. Cause this is legal now, and they're like, no, you can't, you um, can't. This is corporate these blah blah. So I go to the next Blockbuster, I look around, took the sleeve, didn't take the video or anything, ran out. Yeah, sent a copy to Mira and um some lawsuit happened or something someone disclosed this and that and it's like stuff got settled i have no idea what happened but so we didn't have our names on there and we weren't in blockbuster anymore they changed the sleeve to it you know to have nobody's names in it and it's like but i was in a video game yeah it was awesome but i wanted dave's name on it and then to finally have flatland in a bmx video game that's like that's awesome. That was that's that's insane, you know? And mm-hmm. and for how much work we did to capture that stuff was the worst time on a bike, but so exciting to see the outcome. Yeah. So
0: yeah. How wild. Yep. yep. I'm and I'm just sitting here trying to think of how impossible. If you played the game, have uh-huh. you played it? It's no. BMX Triple
1: X. You you could probably find it for Xbox and Playstation and
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah but Um, any of that that's yeah yeah it was a while ago too but
0: right video game stuff yeah i mean just sitting here trying to imagine how possibly complex and hard it would be to make flat land and integrate it as into a game that was that was the hurdle
1: like i said you had to you had to start on two wheels and hit a button and get in the front wheel to get into a trick yeah and then it could be whiplashes to G turn to different stuff. And then you had to do the same on the back wheel. And it was like, it was it was a lot of meetings and a lot of motion capture. But it, I mean, it happened. Yeah. It, it worked and it's in there, you know? And what's wild is, I'm going to say this, I've never played the game. <laughs> That's okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, was, I was a little bummed. And I was like, and, I don't even know how to do it yeah <laughs> like, but i i did the capture to get it done but it's i mean it might be something where we'll, uh, we'll take my son's playstation and see if i can get those discs to work and have it play and stuff like that so you know what we we plugged it in one night and my son was playing it
0: yeah. nice yeah,
1: yeah yeah but i didn't i don't know how to do it yeah uh, yeah not video games so
0: yeah. huh. Okay, let's take another crazy turn. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I'm just turning everywhere at this point. Yeah, that's fine. Hit it, Jerry yeah. Springer show.
1: Oh damn,
0: <laughs> Jerry Springer show. What is the story with that?
1: Um, it was the time when we had a we all lived in the Harriman House in Appleton, Wisconsin, and we would watch Jerry Springer every night and crack up laughing, and uh, and Mark Hilson would call the show every night like call the 800 number every night and then it was like how many times do you call a show that gives out a number to call a show before they call back yeah so it took a while and then yeah uh answered the call like this is blah blah from Drake springer blah blah like what do you do and we're like what do you mean like and they're like we just don't understand what you do and can you film it and so we had a massive party at the house and um i think dave broke the tv and all the stuff's going on and it's just it's like chaos and it was like there was girls there's guys and it was it was just like a party and it was like and then um a friend mark comes out and he's naked and he takes a plunger and he sets it in the middle of the room and it cuts <laughs> and Springer's like you're on, come on on we don't know what you do but <laughs> you, know, like, you know the like mystery or just left it hanging mm-hmm. so then um, Mark and I went on there and I worked at Goodwill at the time I was, um, I was taking in stuff and I'd have to sift through and sort stuff and whatever and one day I found this plastic 70s suit gray and it just had that didn't breathe it just um you sweat and that's i guess that was a huge thing in exercise just to sweat mm-hmm. strips out your socks or something and i wore that on there with an afro wig and mark tucked in his shirt and looked real fresh and then we brought this girl on we knew and we out gay pick up women that was it wow but it, it, i mean it's before the fighting yeah. Or the the guy with no torso was running around on his hands and stuff, and you know the poles and everything. And it was just, just it had nothing to do with the theme of the show, and nothing with cheating, and nothing to do with this. It was just like, well, these guys do this. And it was like, and the front row, if, if you ever see it, it's like, it's all our friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of the crowd, and by the end everyone hated us they <laughs> hated us they were just like just borderline not the springer show but the the audience and everybody that was on the panel they're just like get away from us like you guys are weird <laughs> so yeah it's just call you see an 800 number call it enough they'll probably call back
0: yeah so if you can
1: find an 800 number or anyone even knows
0: what that is that's funny Did anything come of it afterwards, like people recognizing you or anything like that?
1: We we were we were out um, after the episode aired. We were out in Appleton and some people came up to us and saw the episode. And it was and it was wild. Um, My parents ended up watching it, (laughs) which I didn't want. I didn't tell them about it. And they they found out and watched it. And they're just like, God, what's like? We can't contain this kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> either let him let him go wild and see what happens, or you contain him. It's like he's probably gonna stir us up so much that we should just let him do whatever. You know, Cause he's not getting in trouble. Yeah, just like you you push it far, but just far enough. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think yeah. I think that's the Springer thing was pushing as far as we could
0: yeah so like, in a fun way so doing the show did they prompt you to like do this do that or? Yeah, just... yeah yeah i mean like when you're there they tell you
1: this is a show this is entertainment if you gotta do this do it you gotta get obnoxious and it's like we just don't want to dud
0: you mm-hmm. know like
1: if you're a dud sitting on stage, it's like, that's, you know, we don't want that. So they tell you that, but we didn't do anything exceptional except for our dance. Like, like I went up there <laughs> yeah. like this, Mark clung to me and we just spun around. Like we came up with a new dance, but I mean, I didn't even know that we knew we were going to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: so,
1: you know, it's you freestyle stuff. So yeah, that was it. Definitely, it was good. Fun.
0: Definitely a memorable thing. Oh, I said he just posted the video <laughs> oh did he yes oh, yeah that is funny well, i can't <laughs> wait to check that out afterwards but oh, yeah so we can go from something silly and fun yeah. to something that i kind of just want to hear more about in the sure. whole bikes over baghdad thing
1: yeah i did three tours i call them tours because um bikes over baghdad is a crew of you know 12-ish, 12-14 bike riders and um, staff that go over to the Middle East or Africa and uh, I think, because I was just with Kaczynski and somebody asked about it and he said he's been on like 10, I went on 3, I think if you've gone on 1, you get it but it's like, you go over and you entertain these troops that maybe during Thanksgiving they're missing their families and it's it's pretty it's pretty deep and it depends the areas you're at like if you're in Bahrain Qatar you're in rich Middle East countries it's it's one thing you know it's like there's a lot of oil money and whatnot it's it's great and you're still doing the same thing it's just some of those other stops like when you're going to Nammi Africa or Djibouti or you're in North Iraq that's like that's a different one that's like, and the whole crew could agree you're in the middle and nothing you're, It's a sandbox, we call it. And you are riding on sand. You are in situations where there's not the potable water They're like you're look, you're in Africa and, and people, you know, like you're, you're us and next to a French, um, you know, like group here, but you're, there's, there's, there's shellings going on or there can be this or that. It's like, it's, 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 it's like the one time we landed in Kuwait, Ron Kimler and all of us, okay, we get out, get out of the hotel and we're going to the car and one of the taxis hit Ron Kimler. Like they saw us and they're just like, they didn't hurt him, just bumped him, but it was like, revved up his engine and went Pff! and it was like like almost like an attack and mm-hmm. it was like we realized like so we had armed guards with us all the time everywhere we were at um at one point i wasn't on this trip but there's a bombing at the front gate and people died it was like wow, wow. You, you're in the real stuff but you're there riding bikes as entertainment and you're you're there as you're not the band. You're not the comedian. You're doing cool-ass bike shit, which they need They need that stuff, too, you know? They they need they need to see this stuff to get back to reality, because half the stuff they're just working out. Um, they're doing stuff. They see internet. They see this and that, but this is military this is, like, real-life stuff, and it's, like, it was pretty damn cool to see a guy in north iraq the eod like just to see explosives units and go through training exercise and the dogs and everything like that but meeting this guy i met him and uh he's like where are you from florida Wh- whip part?" i'm like altamont springs he's like i'm from there and i was like when are you coming back he's like hopefully soon you know he just goes out into the field and, body parts and explosions and you don't know what's going on on daily basis and it was probably nine months later i was at my shop and i told him where it was and everything he walked in goes hey chad and i go wow i was like how you doing what's going on like ball you know i'm excited and he he shook my hand like not a hug just shook my hand he goes thank you and he walked out damn And it was like, I understood what he said. Like, we took his mind off stuff for a long time to get out of that. And uh, he's appreciative. And he's back on the soil. And he's like, and I was like, damn. And each of those three times I went, I would come home, hug my kids, and then walk in the grass. And I was, like, super stoked. But it was also a big thing of, like, the crew. We all came back safe. Um, We went through some gnarly stuff. Um, you get debriefed on certain things and it's like I understand but one of the most powerful things is, is uh, my brother's military for like 25 years in the Air Force and that opened up our relationship like a bond of like I went to a lot of the bases he went to and I could talk to him about those bases I could talk to him about eating the food and this and that and it's like so he could understand and experience like what I was seeing, but he's trained and he's in there committed. I can leave whenever I want. And it was like a cool relationship with my big brother. That thing changed our relationship because military is crazy and it's, um, it's wild it's protection and it's part of what we all do in a part of the world. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's humbling, but that crew we went through is a bond that's so gnarly. And it's like, And we rode our asses off. And I saw Morgan Wade do a flip to a T-wall, which anyone looked it up, Bikes Over Baghdad, the flare to a T-wall. Yep. And it's like, he didn't have to do that. Right. Like, those shows got pushed so high up, and you're riding, I think in Djibouti it was like 130, and maybe during the day, 140 degrees. Jeez. So you could be dealing with that stuff, but you're also dealing with flights, but you're also dealing with like everything around you, all the bugs and certain stuff that are trying to kill you. Right. <laughs> and you're not trying to get sick, you're trying not to get hurt, but you're also hired to do entertainment. So it's like, yeah, it was it was a great experience, but so happy to come back. But also like, yeah, I
0: mean we did it. I only did three. Yeah. Only. I mean yeah. even just yeah. one time doing that is seems like that's a what I'm saying real thing. One, one is as real as it gets. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yep. And you're not gone for a day. You're gone flying around like stuff. You're in Blackhawks. Um I remember flying in the back of I forgot the name of the plane and there's a gunner in the back. Or flying over Baghdad like two in the morning i don't know wow. it's just like you travel at night yeah you, you fly like you um, palletize bikes you put them all on a pallet and they put a mesh over it you put it into the plane but all those planes were what my brother flew so he was a loadmaster. he he did the weight distribution on the plane so he knew exactly what i was what i was doing you know and he's he's stoked Imagine if I saw my brother over stationed at a base, like how emotional that would get. No doubt. That would be nuts, you know? And But he's retired, and I did this stuff, and it's like I can actually have a really good conversation about it, but he, he sees, like, my step from riding a bike to going and traveling and entertaining the troops. Yeah. It's very humbling and awesome.
0: Do you know if that's something that still happens?
1: it hasn't happened in years okay yeah i i don't know i mean our group talks about it um i haven't heard any spark of anything uh it should happen uh i just don't know yeah and and and, and i don't even know how much like even entertainment happens now like if they're still you know doing stuff over there as far as comedians and bands and stuff like that but um I think it's it's a crucial thing to go over there and take their minds off that stuff. It's like, and then you go hang out with those guys. Like, and that, that was a different thing. Like, Bikes Over Baghdad got, like, voted or, or wanted as the most requested act in the Middle East. Wow. And part of it's because we're not, like, we're not a band and we don't have these crazy egos and we're just, like, like doing the show and then leaving. We do the show and then we hang out till the last person's there and we're talking and like some of these guys are riders like yeah. some dudes would during the show would get on a bike and do a 360 and it was like oh shit you know and it's mm-hmm. like i think morgan just ran into morgan and catfish ran into a rider on one of their asa shows and it was like at one of our stops and they take a picture and stuff it's like it's it's cool seeing them back here you know but it's like that's a memory it's pretty serious
0: so yeah yeah it's definitely an incredible thing that happened mm-hmm. where bmx brings you it's nuts no, no doubt you never, you that. never know seriously yep so i can't let this end without talking about profile yeah Hit me. you've had colorway multiple yes. colorways i had two yes two mm-hmm. is there any been any talk of another wow
1: i'm gonna send this link to matt and um fast forward it to this part matt do it yeah yeah no i i i haven't even thought of that because i'm still running my kaleidoscope colorway yeah but i i don't know but i i like what they're doing with a lot of their stuff like their limited runs of the like, the army camo or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um the pink just came out yep um they're doing stuff. You know, Anthony Napolitans was a vivid one that was pretty mind blowing. It's, it's like, first you look at it and you're like the, the galaxy style. And it's like, how do you do that? Yeah. And then it's like, how do I get it? It's like the, those two questions. And then it's like, what is this brand? It's like, so, um, I haven't heard much. No, no. On, on, on my side of it, I'd be honored to do another one. I I just, those two like the first one was coffee. It's a simple brown um, That was awesome. And it's like the ad was cool. I loved it. Uh, the next one was kaleidoscope I put a lot of effort into that one. I thought it was obnoxiously loud, but I still run it to this day hmm It's like it's and I look down and it's, it's, it's a smile for sure so I don't know and, and I, I don't want to push myself of, you know ahead of anyone by any means so but I don't I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, I, you stumped me on that one. That's okay. Thank you. <coughs>
0: okay. <laughs> um, what What was the first profile part you ever had? I'm
1: not sure. Had maybe the 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 stem. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think I might had before I even rode for them the profile cranks. Nice. Yeah, 48 spine cranks, 19 millimeter. I believe that was like the first part. But that was like the cause when i moved to florida we were riding in the disney parades and they bought us new bikes
0: nice we couldn't ride
1: our bikes oh and at the time we were riding standards and then we got them all decked out in profile that's awesome i remember that vividly and they're buying like we're riding for standard and the disney's buying a standard and we're like we love like profile and it's. Damn, and yeah we're running profile stuff on our bikes so that must have been the cranks
0: yeah wow so somewhere yeah. there is in a file cabinet a receipt for a stand or a couple standard frames that disney paid for do you want one better yeah at somewhere
1: in some warehouse somewhere in disney those bikes are
0: oh dang
1: tell me they're not throwing those out where are those they're, they might not be filed away but look come
0: here. Oh my dog's drinking water. Figure to would give a, a Disney dog camo. Um, anyway.
1: Yeah, um I feel like some of those bikes and whose is still there, like I don't I don't think they get rid of that stuff. I think that's like you said, filed away, but in bike form. Those I guarantee those are probably on Disney property somewhere. Oh somewhere. My like just chilling. Yeah. yeah all I of our bikes that. like Rob's and you know Aaron's and mine and yeah it was like yeah huh. those bikes were there somewhere that's pretty sick yeah it's amazing
0: Whew. well Chad is there anything that we haven't talked about tonight that we should probably about
1: 30 things but yeah. that might be it, uh, for another time and you know I I, I know these you, you got to keep within time limit and I might have, may have rambled a little bit but it's like um but that's for good reason there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about and in all positive manners and stuff like that so um support your local bike shop support your skate park um you see contests if you can afford and get there or go to watch go to all those um it's about like just being a part of the scene um if you're frustrated with your city or have questions go ask in a nice manner like go to city meetings and uh ask in a really nice way like why and i think questions are very strong and bold and um you could get some answers you'd be surprised on some of these cities that might just pop up with the skate park for you you know pretty quickly um yeah i don't know if you can like i watched matt's podcast get out to spot roast i know it's quick it's this weekend um, it's a good thing. I'll be uh, going live with our BMX and, uh, and profile. So we, at those FL BMX series, like we all help each other out. And it's um, Florida-based series. Anyone's welcome from out of state, which is super cool. And um, we're there all for the right reasons, you know, to grow BMX, do a cool thing. And um, if you want to ride with some profile riders, this weekend, Matt's bringing in a whole crew which is gonna be a treat. So, um, no, I'm stoked on that. And then uh, all the events coming up um, later in the year. I'd, so, not April, but the next uh, Nowhere Compound, corn Cornhucket, trying to get there, trying to talk Matt Please into it. it. I know do there it. there's a there's a cement pad out there. Yes. Terry Adams is talking about going. Um, oh, I think we could do some flatland representation and um, try and do stuff in an awesome way so um now i I don't know what else to really cover except appreciate your time and everything like this and you know just uh the podcast thing is something i play in my shop now on a daily basis so playing yours a few others and you know different bike channels that are doing this stuff and if we can help each other in any which way that's uh that's a huge thing
0: yeah man well thank you for listening (laughs) yeah yeah i think we're at a time in bmx where if everybody can come together to help everybody else even if we might be competitors in any some way it's just Mm -hmm. celebrating cool shit is where we should be
1: at that's why we're here because of the cool we we know it's cool continue and uh push egos aside and just have a good time with it and
0: enjoy the ride absolutely so how do people find all of the different things that you're involved in on the internet glad you asked well go to profile racing and also go look at their
1: page because it's 55 years this year which is huge um mr bikes and boards at mr bikes and boards um deco bmx go check it out um yeah and i I was gonna hold this one up too because i really like this one as well but circle of balance go follow some of the flatland stuff um Follow the brands, the riders, and uh, just understand, like, like we're all people, too. You know, message them. Tell them you love it. Like some stuff. Um, yeah, just uh, enjoy all this stuff. But that's kind of it. I mean, if you're old school, hit me on Facebook um, or whatever you prefer, Instagram, at Chad Degroot, And uh, my brands, too, at Mr. Bikes and Boards and at Deco BMX. So, Thanks for letting me do the shout outs and the, um, tune into profile a lot too, because I'm going to take over that. And then the team is pretty serious too. So it's always interesting and growing. So
0: Absolutely. I, I have one thing that I forgot to shout out that was said. Sure. Kurt Schmidt said, Chad is my favorite guy to share a bath <laughs> with in a foreign country. <laughs> uh, that's wild.
1: Kurt's on here. Oh, you had him on too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah, that's probably um yeah. We had a bath in England. First time to England.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Just to be honest. That's too funny.
1: Little little uh soak in the in the hot water, you know.
0: Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well <laughs> thanks, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, that's how we can end this thing. Thank you oh, for great. your time and yeah. uh have a good night everyone. Yeah, thank you.